1: If you dare.
5: Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian.
3: Here we go.
4: Thanks for checking in. It is follow the money here on vSIN, the sports betting network. Mitch Moss along with Matt Humans, here early on a Monday morning live in downtown Las Vegas. From the Circa Resort and Casino, as always, fun show lined up for you today. A couple of uh, really good guests. Michael Lombardi on the program today coming up in an hour. We'll talk some NFL with him, Tim Brando, on college football. That's going to be a little bit later on in the program. And uh, Game 6 NBA Finals, Chris Miles will be on the show from NBA TV. We will get into the NBA and Game 6 coming up in about five minutes. But, uh, Matt, the majors are now in the books for the 2021 golf season capped off yesterday by Colin Morikawa, winning, you know, before the tournament started in that 35, I actually saw 40-1 to 1 range, and he was sensational. And, I mean, if he can ever the, the whole thing about Colin now has been for a couple of years, if he ever puts it together with the putter, watch out because he'll probably be the best player in the entire world and that's exactly what he did over the weekend.
2: He certainly put it together with the putter. There's no question about that. That's the best I've ever seen Kyle Morikawa putt, especially yesterday when the pressure's on and the final day of a major. He was not. He was stepping up, knocking down 15, 20-footers like they were tap-ins. Yeah. And uh, that's he came in to the British Open, ranked 124th on tour in putting this season. All Naturally. Right? He had played Lynx golf for the first time The previous week at the Scottish Open, and he finished seventieth. So he was not exactly the guy you would profile to win uh, the British at uh, Royal St. George's. But hey, uh, when a guy gets hot in golf, anything can happen. And you know, I can't say I'm stunned. Nobody can say you're stunned because he's the best iron player in the world, right? And iron play is going to be really important on a course like this. But his putting is what takes everybody by surprise. And that's why he wins the British Open. I mean, he shot a 66 yesterday, and he needed every bit of that to hold off Jordan Spieth.
4: Yeah, and even like a, a bunch of those putts down the stretch on the back nine when Speeth was making that charge again. And mm-hmm. Speeth, I mean, you want to talk about guys that, uh, if they could have it all over again, how Speeth finished the round on Saturday, yeah. right? Uh, and then yesterday, I think a couple of holes that he'd like to have back as well. He, he might be tied with him, or he could win the whole thing outright. But Speeth is making a charge, and, uh, you know, he's getting, I'm not going to call him lucky because that's the way Spieth rolls actually a lot of times during the weekend. But, and when Colin would look up at the leaderboard, he's like, God, he's now, he's at 13. He's like, geez, I got to keep holding this guy off. <laughs> and it, a lot of those putts late yesterday were not, you're exactly right. They were not like two foot gimmies. A lot of the, even like the six, eight footers
2: were like, okay, this is a little dicey <laughs> here. How is he going to break this one down? And <laughs> right in the middle of the cup. I have to give the guy a ton of credit. You know, it's, I had Louis Oosthuizen, Colin Morikawa was my best bet to win the U.S. Open. I picked him for the wrong open, uh. you know. And uh, I had Louis, and you could tell I think by about the seventh, eighth hole it was not going to be Louis's day. Ball was not bouncing his way, burning the edges with putts. He just didn't have luck on his side. And uh, you know Morikawa steps up, fifteen footer, twenty footer, no problem. Knock him in with uh, with ease, Mitch. You have to be happy. I think that's, he's your neighbor out there in Summerlin. Morikawa plays at the Summer Club here in Vegas, and uh, he's on a hell of a run for a young kid.
4: Yep, no question. Up next, I've heard this narrative a lot regarding the NBA Finals. Uh, I wonder if sportsbooks will ever step in and say, hey, cool it to the people saying this. That's coming up next.
5: This is Brent Musburger, and here is your V-CIN Action Update. Now, here are the latest lines from my guys in the desert. Monday Night Baseball in the Majors. The LA Angels on the road to take on the Oakland A's. Shohei Otani pitching for the Angels. Minus a run and a half, plus 135. Oakland getting a run and a half, minus 155. On the money line, Angels minus 110. Oakland plus 100 with an over-under of 8.5. Minnesota Twins taking on the Chicago White Sox. The Twins getting a run and a half, minus 115. White Sox minus 105. Minnesota plus 192 on the money line. White Sox minus 210 with an over-under of 7. Pittsburgh on the road to face Arizona. Diamondbacks getting a run and a half, plus 145. Pirates minus 165 with an over-under of 9.5. Football season is almost here, and our experts profile every college and pro team with advanced stats, power ratings, and best bets for win totals, division finishes, and player awards. Each guide only $20 and is free with your subscription to Vsin. Go to vSEN.com slash subscribe. I'm Tony DeZeri with your action update. Get the latest Vsin odds at VSIN.com. And remember, cash and tickets is what it's all about.
1: time to follow the money with your hosts, Mitch Moss and Polly Howard.
4: Good to have you on board here, Follow the Money, on a Monday. Mitch and Matt live in downtown Las Vegas. Again, Michael Lombardi on the program. We'll talk some NFL. Feels good, right, to be talking some NFL oh, here cool. on a Monday morning. Uh, right around the corner now and Tim Brando on college football a little bit later on on this show as
2: well. We're less than 10 days away from the start of NFL training camp.
4: Yep. Yep, can't wait. In fact, I made a uh, another NFL bet yesterday. I'll tell you about bet uh, about a little bit later on on today's program. So uh, I was on vacation last week. Matt, I know that you were. Uh, you just got in late, like last night slash this morning. Um, So I didn't really pay attention to a lot. I had the phone down, wasn't watching TV. I did check in, obviously, and watch the NBA Finals games that were played. But it, it seems like, I can't even remember, like, were the Finals going on when I was on the air last time? It feel, feels like it was so long ago. But then I go back and look. We've only had three games since I was off like two Fridays ago. Mm-hmm. It's crazy how spread out this is. but so occasionally I would pick up the phone and just you know check social media, Twitter whatever and it just it felt like and these I'm talking about from you know fans, uh, media people, national guys, they just they kept bashing the the series that we had between the Bucks and the Suns. And uh, this is the worst series I've ever seen. Uh, this series completely stinks. Look at the ratings. They're completely in the gutter. <laughs> uh, I, I I got right. to thinking like, you know, first of all, like the the whole TV ratings thing, isn't that a dead issue at this point? Yes.
2: Right? I don't want to hear the TV ratings argument. TV ratings have been sliding for a lot of sports and big events. Uh, and there are a lot of things that go into that. And also, you don't have just because you don't have LA and New York doesn't mean the finals suck. Right. And that's, yes. why, that's how a lot of people seem to, if you don't have the major market teams in the NBA finals, you hear a lot of people complain, well, this series is no good. Uh, you know, it's not exciting. The Suns are boring. The Bucks are boring. The shooting's bad. I think it's been a pretty good series. Now, the first four games were not that great. Game five was phenomenal.
4: Game five was about as good of a finals game that you can ever ask for. Mm-hmm. And you're right, because it's Phoenix and Milwaukee. People go in to a series like that with this uh, preconceived notion that it's not, the Lakers and LeBron or some other huge teams in big markets. And they're going to say, no matter what happens, this series stinks. And I just, you know, sports books, they are across the country, Matt, they are teaming up and they are partnering with leagues at a rapid rate now across the country. And I wonder if like they're ever going to step in and say, Hey, look, we spend more money than God with your network. Like speaking of like ESPN and others, they say, can you, can you pipe down maybe a notch? Because I don't know, like, to me, I think ratings and handle are kind of correlated a little bit. Right. Right? Because, you know, may, maybe the handle across the country will take a slight ding because it's not LeBron in it and there might be some interest that's down and because ratings might not be there. And so I just, I was thinking about that, like, you know, because we've seen this before in the past where people will get muted for certain reasons and I wonder if this could, maybe I'm reaching with this as well. Maybe it's going to be a total non-thing. But when the go, when the default narrative is because it's Phoenix and the Suns, uh, Phoenix and the Bucks in the, in the finals, this series sucks. Like I think that that was in your back pocket before it started and you were going to go with it no matter what. Because if you watch Game 5 and the, the individual performances that we're getting night in and night out from these guys, it's incredible what we're seeing every single game in this series. And mm-hmm. I, I don't know why people would be complaining about it. It's been great. Well, right. Game 5 was awesome.
2: Well, Game 5 was awesome, but that was the best game of the series. So I can see why some people were complaining through the first four games because we didn't have a game that went down to the wire, you know? And uh, – the favorite one and covered four games in a row. He didn't have much drama at the end of the games, but still, you know, there's a lot more that goes into it than that. And I, th- if you watch the Greek freak, you understand at the in this series, you have to appreciate his greatness. Yes. He's not the perfect player, but the guy he's, he's nicknamed the freak for a reason. Yep. And that's on full display. And then on the flip side, you know, Chris Paul's played his whole career finally get to this point. Devin Booker's a heck of a young guard. These teams have a lot of positive attributes to them. Obviously, that's why they're in the NBA Finals. You can't just uh, pan the Finals and say it sucks uh, because you don't have LeBron or you don't have uh, the most... Uh, you, do, you don't have two big market teams going head-to-head. I, I knew this matchup was going to get criticized by a lot of people. Yep. Social media, just in the mainstream media because uh, the Bucks and the Suns you know, are not the Nets and the Lakers. And why don't... A lot of people wanted was Nets Lakers. Sure. You want to see the Nets in the Big Three against LeBron and AD, uh, New York and Brooklyn, and you didn't get that. So well, I, I, I think it's you know predictable some of the criticism, but it's also unfair.
4: Well, don't we have like looking back at the series in I don't know five or ten years, we have a handful of moments already that are going to be you know talked about for a long, long time. I mean, to me, the the Game Five. First of all, can I can I be real here for a second? uh that am i wrong in saying this drew holiday absolutely should have been called for a foul on devin booker yeah. i i thought he absolutely came across and i think it was booker's left hand when holiday made the slap at the ball mm-hmm. it looked like he absolutely mauled booker across his left wrist and there was no call
2: it looked it looked like it was a foul to me but it was you know a little bit difficult to tell you're going i think you're going to get called for that uh, you know 50% of the time yeah,
4: and then the other way and to finish it off like that, and Holiday—is he going to run out the clock? Is he going to get fouled? What's going to happen? And then to see the freak go like oh. this when he said he's like, "Look, come on, give it to me," and he wanted it, right? Yeah. And Holiday recognized that, He goes, "Okay, here we go." And then I don't think it's been talked about enough too, where like that was a potentially Matt, like a really close to being a dirty play by Chris Paul by just shoving Freak like that. Mm-hmm. And as he's going like by the rim and he throws it because you're right, he's the freak. How many guys can throw that alley oop down? has to hang on to the rim like this as he's getting pushed like out of bounds because of Paul. If he doesn't hang on to the rim, he might go fly the guy right. came into the series banged up. Right. I don't know what happens to the guy. He can't hang on to the rim. His body's yeah. gonna go flying out of bounds.
2: That was a hell of a play. Really? That was, was.
4: amazing. I, I still contested it was not as good as the block on Ayton.
2: Uh yeah, I mean, right there. Those are those are two of the highlights of the series. Right. I don't know which one's better, but uh they're both great plays and Actually, what we saw in Game Five was great shooting, three-point shooting oh. uh, from both teams. The team that lost the game was 13 for 19 from three. I, I, I mean, so look, you, you had your your first game of the series that flew over the total convincingly, and uh, had a lot to do with really good three-point shooting.
4: Yeah, looking back at that game, it's in my head. I'm trying to think if it's, when I can remember the Suns actually missing a three. It seemed like everybody was knocking down threes in that game. Yeah. Some of the shots that Booker hit, the shot making overall between both teams in that game, just off the charts. And if Holiday doesn't strip him, he was so hot at that point. And I think if he goes up with the shot a little, like a second before Holiday strips him, he's going to make that shot. Like he, he wasn't missing. The guy, the guy, he hit that like fadeaway three with Holiday in his tough. mug. That was a
2: tough shot. Right? That's an impossible shot. Chris Middleton hit a couple tough shots. Uh, yeah, you have to. You have to uh, appreciate the the shot making in Game Five, and uh, you know when guys were making shots, critical points in the game. I I I was blown away by how good the Bucks were in the second and third quarters. Mm -hmm. They outscored the Suns seventy nine to fifty three in the middle two quarters on the road after trailing by sixteen after the first quarter. Yeah, you just don't see that. in a finals type setting on the road, where a team just dominates middle two quarters after getting blown out in the first,
4: yeah, there was that stretch in the first quarter where the Suns hit twelve out of thirteen shots, yeah, couldn't miss. Yeah. And you thought, well, that they can't come on. That's not going to. They're not. They're not going to shoot eighty five percent for the entire game. What are we talking about here, folks? Like they're going to start to miss once in a while. But uh, th- to win the first half on the money line, the Bucks were only plus four fifty mm-hmm. when the second quarter started. So they're down by sixteen. And to, to have the lead at halftime, they were plus 450. Yeah, I thought that was a little bit too low. I did not take a flyer on that one.
2: Yeah, it's a little bit too low for a team trailing by 16. I would have yeah. thought it's a little bit more to have the lead at half. Now, for a full game, yeah, you can wipe out a 16. Of course you deficit. can. To do it in one quarter like that, uh, that's very hard to do. That <laughs> doesn't uh, happen halftime, every day. Halftime score was 64-63, right? Yeah. Or, uh, yeah, the Bucks. Down 16, wipe out that deficit a half, and I was watching the game with uh, a couple of friends. And we're both like, "I can't believe the Bucks just won the first half bet." That was you know? nuts.
4: It that was absolutely crazy. They just
2: won the first half after trailing by 16, but you know the shot making in that game was great. and Anybody who uh, who says the finals are a disappointment at this point um, is just wrong.
4: Let me ask you this: If if the Bucks win what, tomorrow night at home in Game Six. Can you see a scenario where Greek Freak is not named the MVP?
2: No, I think he's definitely the MVP. I would say Middleton's got a little bit of a shot. You know, maybe maybe if Middleton scores uh forty plus 40 in again. Six, I think he's gonna have to have forty. I really think the freak is uh a pretty overwhelming odds on favorite to get it at this point.
4: Yeah. I mean, again, if you the, the people who vote on this stuff, they love narratives. They've talked about this before. I think they will go back and look. Before the series started, we had no idea if the guy was actually going to play in Game 1. And for him to play like this now. By the way, like a player is going for 40-plus in almost every game so far. They have that here at Circus Sports. Will any player score 40-plus in Game 6? The yes is plus 255. The no is minus 305. Happened again the other night. Booker, they lost. Yeah. And he scored more than 40 points. Hell, we had Booker Middleton go for more than 40. What was it? uh,
2: Game 4? Yeah. A booker put up 33 shots <laughs> 33 shots from the field in uh, game five 17 for 33 to get his uh, 40 points but the guy was he was great from start to finish and uh, if you look at the freaks numbers throughout the series 32 and a half points 12 and a half rebounds five and a half assists he's the MVP yeah I mean it the would Bucks take... win it close it out he's gonna be MVP
4: honestly I don't even want to say this out loud but here's what it would take for him not to win the MVP if he went down with an injury right away mm-hmm. in the game and Middleton went nuts and they won game six, I think at that point people would start to say, well, we need to really consider Middleton for the MVP. In that
2: scenario, yes, I think you're right, but I, that's also, who knows. Uh, not going to work. definitely do not predict an injury for the free. No, God, no, no. If he goes down, the Bucks are going to be in trouble anyway.
4: Yep. Uh, point props for the game. Look at this. I mean, Giannis is 32 and a half at DraftKings. He's 33 here at Circa. Booker... Shop around, you might find lower than 30 and a half, but that's his uh, point prop total. Been great. How about that? He was asked after the game if he's disappointed at Chris Paul. Oh, Chris Paul has uh, eh, kind of turned into Chris Paul here over the last you know two or three games, although his numbers were good in game five. But what do you have, like 21 and 10, a double-double? Well, double. I think Chris
2: Paul's probably a little bit upset by the way he's played. Probably,
4: a little bit. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Since game two, uh, when the Suns are up 2-0 and everybody thinks, well, the Suns are going to walk to the finals, I even thought the Suns were going to win in six. Uh, Chris Paul was uh what was he at that point about minus 3 dollars mvp in yeah, the neighborhood yeah oh. i think paul's going to be really disappointed with the way he's played because like i said he's waited his entire career to get here you're up 20 and then he has not played to the level he expects of himself here in the past few games so i think it's a fair question no way Booker's going to answer that and say, yeah, you know what? I am disappointed in Chris Paul. cp 3 going to pick it up.
4: Wow. So we are looking right now at adjusted. Look at that. Giannis is minus $4. I noticed in another book where he was closer to even money than minus $4. No, and, I,
2: I think right now he's got to be at least $3 favorite yeah. to the MVP.
4: Middleton is 30 to 1. Again, I saw another book where he was 6 to 1. 30 to 1 on Middleton win the MVP. Nah, nah,
2: 30 to 1? Is to that a one? points bet?
4: That's a. That was a DraftKings.
2: I mean, 30 to, 30 to one would be worth a little bit of a shot, like you said. If if he puts up forty points, let's say the freak gets injured or has an off game. There's right now, there are two guys who could be MVP if the Bucs win the series, and I would say the freak's got a ninety percent shot. Middleton's got a ten percent. Yeah, shot. I think people will only remember what Holly Holiday did in the last game or the
4: last couple of games. You cannot forget about the first two games with what Drew Holiday didn't do when he was right. no good, and he was. You know, maybe it was a little unfair, maybe for people to compare him to Eric Bledsoe. I, hell, I was on the air saying you gave up Bledsoe, George Hill, and two first-round picks for Holiday. You better start proving it, right, uh-huh. and earning your keep with this team. And he finally played well since then. But you can't forget about the first two games with Drew Holiday. He was well, simply not good. He's not, not going to be MVP. No, no, God, no, that's not going to happen. Not happening.
2: Um, but- you know, if the if the Bucks. Also fall apart. I mean, you're, you're a Bucks fan to a certain extent as a guy who grew up in uh, Wisconsin. How much confidence do you have that they're going to close it out, or do you still have that fear? You went, you went on a rant, uh, what, a week and a half ago on this yeah. show about how Wisconsin teams like the Bucks can get get near the top, but they can't get over the top. Oh, that's, it happens quite often. And now, right? now they have a chance to close it out on their home court. Well, he, I don't what... think you would be stunned if they came up uh, flat and the lost game six at home, would you? Well, here here's the thing: like their
4: their big three were all sensational in game five, right? Freak, Middleton, and Holiday. Yes, they were all really really good. Like that was a major concern, right? Throughout the playoffs and uh, as the finals were, you know, beginning like game one, game two, like that that did not happen very often, if ever, where right. all three would play that well. So, are they going to all are they going to combine for like ninety points or whatever it is again in game five, game six? I doubt it. But you're at home, Matt, and some of the others might actually play better. I got to tell you, though, Conanton has been a revelation off the bench. He's played well. He's been like borderline fantastic mm-hmm. in his minutes. And if that, like, that can, uh, might continue, a guy like Bobby Portis might have a good game. So when you go back home a lot, I mean, and this is something that the guys in TNT talk about all the time the others step up at home, you can't count on them on the road. But when you get back home, that's when they have big games. So even if the Bucks' big three, if they come back to the pack, which I would expect in game six, I think some of the other guys will have, like a Brooke Lopez could score, you know, 18 points. Hell, Tucker might go for nine, and he might hit a couple of big mm-hmm. corner three, something like that. So I'm not going to be stunned if the Bucks close them out in game six. No,
2: you're not. And that's not. coming of from course. a very
4: bitter, lifelong Wisconsin kid.
2: You're also not going to be stunned if the Bucks uh, don't shoot the ball as well and they struggle in game six. Because right. Because – you know, the Suns obviously backed against the wall. They're going to come out fighting for their lives. And I think the, you know, the Bucks, aside from the first quarter, just played their A-plus game. Oh, yes. And I think it's going to be hard to do that back-to-back. The freak has averaged 32.2 points, by the way, in this series. The last four games: 42, 41, 26, and 32. Yeah, he's going to be MVP. That's just if, insane. If uh, the Bucks close this thing out.
4: Let's follow the money here on VSIN, the sports betting network. Up next, we will recap the opening uh, open championship now all four majors are in the books for the year not trying to be prisoners of the moment but uh, where does morikawa rank in power rate among the best golfers in the world after his performance this weekend we'll talk about that coming up next
1: If you dare.
3: Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts.
4: We are live today from the OddsTrader.com studio. Here at the Circa Resort and Casino. Go to oddstrader.com. Download the free oddstrader app right now. Start winning with up to the second info that you need. Get real time bet tracking. You can also compare sports uh, book sign up bonuses all at the website oddstrader.com. Let me give you this tweet from uh, Kyle Porter, CBS. Uh, Mitch Moss, Matt Humans here with you talking a uh, little open championship to put this one to bed. Kyle Porter tweeted out yesterday Morikawa's first 50 PGA Tour events as a pro. Five wins two majors, four major top tens, $14 million earned. Filthy. Pretty
2: good. It's Pretty good to win 10% of your tournaments. And uh, two majors. <laughs> decent. Yeah. yeah, two majors at this stage of, uh, early stage of his career. Impressive. I, I, one thing that um, I had to laugh about yesterday, I saw somebody tweet about this. The conversation picked up between uh, Morikawa and his caddy on one of the, uh, I think it was one of the par threes, and he's like, you know, If you just land it 221 or 222, it's going to be right there. Think about how good you have to be as an iron player to know exactly how to land a ball 221 yards. Isn't that crazy? That's sick. Mm -hmm. It's sick. But that's how good he's the best iron player in the world. He's taken over Tiger Woods' unofficial title as that. And uh, like you said, what we've talked about for the past couple years, man, if this kid could just putt, he could take over the golf world. The thing is, you said prisoner of the moment, too. You can't expect him to putt like that going forward no. too often. He was ranked 124th on tour and putting for a reason. He's not a really good putter. Now he did figure out these greens in Sandwich, England, and that he did a great job. He was obviously fully comfortable on those greens just knocking. He had the speed down. He had everything down. But it's not going to be that way. Every week, he's not going to putt that way all the time. Yep.
4: Okay. So, where would you personally power rate him right now, individually, up against all of the other, you know, best players in the world?
2: Well, that's a great question. I think you still have to go with John Rom one, and uh, I would probably put uh, I probably put Morikawa too. Would you go number two? I think so. I think you have to because he is the number one iron player, and uh, he's only getting better. Let's put it that way. Jordan Spieth, I think, is sneaking up the charts You know, Spieth well. has had a, I'm not
4: going to say under the radar, but Spieth has had a fantastic season, and he's been... Well, it's a little it's, bit under
2: the radar because he's only won once, and it was a minor tournament. Yeah. It was a Valero Open in Texas. So, yeah, it's a little bit under the radar because he hasn't won a major, but you're right. Man, He's uh, he's been right there in the major. He's been in so many, you
4: know, he's been right there in the thick of things in contention to win so many events, only taken down one so far this year, but he's a a factor every single tournament so far, the way it seems. And the thing with Rahm is, he didn't win yesterday. We'll spend more time on this a little bit later on. But Matt, he has now established himself, I think clearly, as the number one player in the world, right? Yes. And things can change. I mean, hell, at this time, well, probably not at this time last year, but eventually throughout 2020 in the pandemic, like the run that DJ was on, he was like number one. He was was number one with a bullet, right? Yeah. So nobody that, was close. Nobody was close. He's no longer that guy, in the moment anyway. Rahm has overtaken him. Right. Can that change in 2022? Of course it can. Possibly, but Rahm's also probably entering his prime right now, mm-hmm. as opposed to DJ. Um, and this guy is just, uh, he didn't win it yesterday, but my God, you got to be, if you don't have a bet on him, or if you're, you're like fading him, and you, you're terrified of John Rahm making major runs on any given
2: day. oh well, he's hot right now. Uh, things are cyclical in golf. like that. You're not going to have many guys like Tiger Woods who, yeah. Dominate for more than a decade. It's not going to happen. You're going to have guys who are going to be the top player for a year or two years, and then somebody else takes over. You think about Rory, how good he was around that 2014, 2015. A DJ was dominant. Brooks Kepka won four majors, right? Yep. Kepka and DJ have taken a little bit of a step back. John Robb's taken a big step up. But so is Colin Morikawa, and Jordan Spieth is on the comeback.
4: I asked two odds makers in town to rank their top like five or six guys after
2: yesterday. Okay.
4: Jeff Sherman Westgate said Rom one. Xander two. I can't
2: write I can't read you know I like Xander, I can't rank him two. No.
4: Morikawa three, Kepka four, DJ then Spieth.
2: I gotta have to I have to talk with Jeff Sherman. Oh, right. Uh Jeff Davis, he gave me Jeff Davis gave me two different rankings. Xander hasn't won a major yet. You can't rank him ahead of Colin Morikawa. Okay. And he, then you know how much I like Shoffley. I know. But if you if you if you can't get over the hump, you can't rank a guy number two. Hey, here here, here's uh, Jeff Jeff Davis Davis from Circa.
4: He gave me two different sets. In majors, he'd go Rom one, Kepka two, then X Man, DJ, then Morikawa. Okay. No context, he said, Rom one, then Shoffley, then DJ Morikawa and Hovland. So both those guys are ultra high on
2: Xander Shoffley. I get Shoffley in the top five, but Mitch. He has not won a tournament in a year and a half. Yeah. Okay. Got to count for something? Yeah. Got to win once in a while. Sherman's up
4: right now. Send him a text, eviscerate him on a text. Uh, It went from, uh oh, this could be bad, to some even worse news yesterday. Who should we be looking to bet because of it? That's coming up next.
2: If you're looking for a hot tip to bet on? Bet Rivers Sportsbook has you covered every day. Go to Bet Rivers app or betrivers.com and find a game you want to bet. Tap Tips, T I P S. You'll get instant research for the upcoming matchup. Try it out for baseball, soccer, tennis, or maybe golf, where you get a tip on Colin Morikawa. And to make your experience even more rewarding, Bet Rivers offers the most live streams of major sports, instant payouts, and only one time playthrough. Bet Rivers your hometown sportsbook. This offers valid in Colorado, Iowa, Illinois, Indiana, Virginia, Michigan, and Pennsylvania. Available at playsugarhouse.com in New Jersey, and you must be 21. The Bet Rivers Sportsbook. Visit BetRivers.com.
4: I asked you to rank like uh, Morikawa right now and compare him to the other best players in the world at this exact moment, right? And you said you'd have him probably number two on the list behind John Rom
2: I'd put him number two right okay. now. He's won two majors in uh, the last two years. You so, know, and that's why I can't rank Xander Shoffley ahead of him, because Shoffley hasn't won a tournament in a year and a half, Jeff Sherman.
4: Yep. And Jeff is up. He's awake. Okay. He's listening.
2: Jeff uh, Jeff was on TV last night, by the way. He and his wife, Christy, were on the Bar Rescue show. Yeah, I, I taped you happen it. happen to watch I'll watch it today okay. when I get home. Okay. Did you see it? Uh, I was sitting at the Denver airport, so no, I did not see it.
4: Oh, uh, who knows? They might have it on there at some point.
2: Denver airport? There were no TVs around.
4: Okay. No weather channel, no Fox News, no CMB. I'll
2: stop by your house and watch it later.
4: Okay, good. And then we can hang out with Colin, my neighbor.
2: Uh, but Jeff's listening.
4: He, say, he sent me this message. He's thinking from a matchup pricing standpoint, okay, which is a it's more of a true indicator than outrights. So, for example, that would mean he would favor Xander Z- uh, over Morokawa in a matchup.
2: Hmm. Okay. Well, Jeff's always got a smart answer for that. I still, if you're asking me to rank the top five, I can't rank him ahead of uh, Morikawa. He's won two majors in the last two years. Yeah. Can you you rank Xander ahead of Colin? And you know I've been... I don't think I can. I've been one of the biggest Shoffley fans on the planet for the last two or three years. Right. But I just can't do it right now. He disappoints more than anything else. Oh, man. I I stood there at the U.S. Open and watched a guy miss five putts inside five feet. That's a big part of being one of the best players. You got to be able to make putts. By the uh, way,
4: to- total side note: I told you this before the uh, show started. so
2: sorry, I forgot. We we forgot to mention Justin Thomas too, who about yeah. two three about two years ago was on the verge of being the top player. Yep. Yeah.
4: Um, my last night of a uh, vacation last week, we stayed on Friday night at the Hilton right on Torrey Pines Golf Course in La Jolla. It's the opening of Del Mar. So Del Mar is what within probably fifteen minutes of that spot. Yes, not that expensive. Are you? I had never been there before in my entire life. What a spot! If you're ever going to San Diego for mm-hmm. to go to Del Mar or maybe to go play Torrey Pines, the Hilton right? unsolicited plug. I couldn't believe what we pulled into. I've been there. Spectacular spot. Not not outrageous either. Like when ho- and hotels everywhere right now are absurd. Yeah. Right. Tell me about it. And this place was not that bad.
2: You probably get that place, for, I'd Say. 200, 250 a night. Yeah, it was less than 300. And it's not, I mean, it's that's a big time uh, hotel right there on the beach. Yep. Yep. You can see the
4: paragliders right there
2: from our room. Yeah. The ones that uh, they showcased. You go out me. and play 18 at
4: Tory Pines. I did not bring my sticks with me. Oh, okay. No. Um, so the news that we got over the weekend, at first, it's like, uh oh, how bad could this be with Jacob deGrom? And then you start to hear stuff like forearm tightness. It's just like, ah, that doesn't sound good. And then you notice a couple of hours later, whenever it was, the team announced that they were putting DeGrom on the 10-day injured list. And I know people probably, you know, diehard Mets fans, uh, bettors who have DeGrom to win the Cy Young or the MVP, like me, are freaking out. What do you do now? Um, Well, I I would say this, like the 10-day IL – can go many different directions. And let me just give you this as an example. And it's not the same injury. I get that. But when Shane Bieber was placed on the 10 day IL back in
1: June,
4: mm-hmm. uh, it was after his last start, which was on June 13th. By the way, now more than a month ago. The story came out the next day that he was going to go on for a couple of weeks without throwing, he was going to be reevaluated. And uh, Francona came out and said he didn't want to go on the, the IL. That's the kind of teammate he is. It's not that bad. It's not that big of a deal. But we wanted to do it anyway. Today's July, what, 19th?
2: No Justin Bieber. Uh, that, or Shane I, Bieber.
4: I I hope it's not that bad for DeGrom. I really don't. Because he's having one of those seasons <clears throat> where it's like an all-time type of deal. Right? Huh. I,
2: you know, you hope when he goes on the 10-day injured list said he's going to miss two starts he's going to be back and that's it he'll be and right back deGrom's had some injury issues uh, with his arm and his shoulder and his lat i mean he's uh, had a back issue he's all, had all sorts of minor issues but still he's made 15 starts uh, so i think i still think he's in the driver's seat to be mvp just basically with his numbers the guy is it's sick he's got 14.3 strikeouts per 9 146 strikeouts in 92 innings, That's, a whip of 0.55, we're talking in July, mm-hmm. and an ERA of 1.08. As much as I love uh, Fernando Tatis Jr. and think that he's got a shot, real shot to win MVP, I still think, uh, at one point I was giving Tatis a slight edge. I, I still think right now DeGrom might be yeah. a little bit ahead of him. So He's only got seven wins, but wins don't really no, matter. They don't, mean, they don't yeah. really matter that much now.
4: Here's what could matter. Will voters look at number of innings pitched by him at the end of the season? And now, because this is like the fourth or fifth time that he's been banged up so far on the year. Mm -hmm. And if you go back and look, and this is a tip of the cap to our buddy Ian, who looked last night. The average season the past decade for Cy Young winners: nineteen point eight wins, two hundred and thirty-one innings pitched, two thirty-one for the innings pitched, two hundred thirty-five Ks, a two point zero three ERA. Like he's going to blow some of those numbers out of the water. But Kershaw, the year that he won it in fourteen, he was insane. He only made twenty-seven starts, and uh, I think it was one hundred ninety-eight innings pitched.
2: But Degrom probably won't even sniff. No, I think Degrom could still win it if he, he's going to have to throw one hundred and fifty plus innings. One fifty is it, I think so. You want to put a number on starts, or just do
4: like, does it matter if he starts twenty-one games, twenty-two say, games? Does it that's matter? Funny,
2: I was going to say twenty-two starts, one hundred and fifty innings. I think he could win it. I think, you know, okay. But if Tatis goes off and has a great second half, Degrom will be Cy Young and Tatis will be MVP. But it's, it's going to be that close. It's like two horses uh, headed to the wire.
4: Yeah. If it is bad, a couple of players I'll throw out there. Now I looked. I think every book pulled down Cy Young and MVP odds in the National League. But before this happened yesterday, Zach Wheeler was still thirty-five to one at William Hill. He got roughed up a little bit yesterday. Got the win. He gave up four on runs. But his numbers are right there behind Agram. I doubt he's going to be 35 to 1, but keep your eye on him. And maybe Corbin Burns gets back into the mix. Yeah,
2: I don't know.
3: Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts.
4: Matt, it's time to put on your lucky pair of crocs and channel your inner fortune teller because your prediction might just make you $10,000 richer... The Crocs Hoops Draft Prediction Challenge is coming. And dare we say, free to play on DraftKings.com. If the odds are in your favor, 10 G's could be yours. Learn more at DraftKings.com slash Crocs. By the way, a couple of players I did want to throw out there, just in case the DeGrom, just to monitor, right? By the way, you can go and maybe find tickets on PropSwap. I bought a, a ticket on, on Morikawa on Thursday night mm-hmm. at 16 to 1. small ticket on... Uh, on prop swap for him to win the British show, or the Open Championship. I think he said British yesterday in the uh, post game.
2: I call it the British. Yeah. I call There it the are British. two Opens, Mitch. The U.S. Open and the British Open. You can't be as conceited as the Brits to think that it's the Open Championship. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. the U.S. Open and the British. Yeah, Open. put
4: put British back in the title, please.
2: I know it's the home of golf, but we have two Opens.
4: But some players to keep an eye out. Maybe to win the MVP, assuming you don't have a nice ticket on Tatis and now DeGrom's injury. It might be bad. Who knows?
2: Um, Sounds to me like it might be bad. By what you said during the break about the, the press conference yesterday. Well, Degrom was really brief with his answers and sounded like uh, this injury might be different than the others.
4: If you want to judge based on body language, and it, he it was, he was very short. He was concise. He gave one word answers. He was asked about how this injury might be similar to his previous injuries this year. And he said, they're not. Those were all due to swinging the bat. And the reporter followed up and said, was this one due to swinging the bat? And he looked up and he just goes, no. And that was it. That's all he said. That's it? So. Can I quote you on that? Based on mannerisms, body language, <clears throat> uh, who knows? But I'll throw out a couple of names wow. to win the MVP. Okay. Maybe take a look at Max Muncy for the Dodgers. We kicked this around a month ago when his war jumped off the page. Uh,
2: he he got off to a really slow start the first month. Man, he's been on a tear since. Absolutely. has been a monster.
4: And that could be a situation where the Dodgers, if they win the West, and who knows, I think a lot of people still expect them to win the division going away. We'll give you their division price coming up in a second. But if they win that division, I think people might vote and say, uh, uh, how many guys got hurt this year and missed a lot of time for the Dodgers, and Muncy carried them? Might be an angle. Uh, this is where someone like Nick Castellanos might come into play. But if the Reds miss the playoffs, will that factor in? And a guy who's been under the radar all year long because of what Tatis has been doing. How about Crawford for the Giants? Yeah, he's putting together quietly a
2: sensational season offensively. Well, those guys are going to get votes, but they're not going to be MVP. Yeah, Max Muncie does have a shot. Is Trevor Bauer out of it? Yes. You think he's out? I think it? I would not okay. touch that. Okay. Yeah. Would you? I wouldn't touch that story, no. No, okay.
4: All right, good. Um, By the way, when you look at the overall numbers and the odds... I don't think we're going to see Trevor Bauer
2: again this season. I don't think so. I don't
4: think so. I think we have a better chance of seeing Deshaun Watson than we we do of Trevor Bauer.
2: Um, Probably right. And we might not
4: see either guy. But, so if you look at the odds right now, adjusted to win divisions in Major League Baseball... You're gonna wonder like where are the races coming from, right? I mean, the White Sox are minus two thousand, the Astros are minus six fifty. They don't have that big of a lead in the West. They're minus six fifty. Right. The Red see the AL East is a good race. Red Sox are minus one twenty five. They have middle of the pack in terms of uh, SOS remaining. It's fourteenth overall. The Rays are plus 170, Yankees 9-1, to Blue Jays 10-1.
2: You know, we had Matt Vascurgeon on the show Thursday, and uh, I agree with his opinion, right? He said, take the Rays at plus 170 to win that division. It's really remarkable when you think about it. You lose Tyler Glass now this year. And in the offseason, you lost Blake Snell and Charlie Morton. Yeah. Three big guns, and you're starting rotation. And right now, the Rays are a half game out of first place. Incredible. 17 over 500. Uh, at plus one seventy, I think that's got to be your bet in the American League East. It makes some sense. Yeah. It
4: does make some sense. Yep. In the National, now, the League, Red
2: Sox can make a move too here in July. Sure, they can. But if it's not Max Scherzer, I'm not sure how how much of a difference it's going to make.
4: Look at the numbers in the in the National League. The Brewers minus five fifty.
2: And Se- by- seems well, they're up seven games on the Reds. The Cubs are probably going to sell off. Right, how their season has changed. Yes, Cubs are going to have a fire sale, and the Cardinals. I still think there's a chance the Cardinals can get hot. They're one game under 500. They've won the last two. That's one team I would I would keep an eye on. Yeah, I, I they're see. always
4: dangerous. Yeah, uh, they're 18 to one. By the way, the Reds have the second easiest remaining strength of schedule. Second easiest mm-hmm. um, in the National League West. Again, these teams are very close. Dodgers are minus three dollars. Giants 4-1, to Padres 5-1, to and it's a big series beginning tonight with the Dodgers yeah. and the Giants. And again, this is the division we've been talking about more than anything else. As of last night, I'll you know, check again today, the Mets, minus 225?
2: <laughs> you know, you and I have talked about this for a month. I've thought the Mets are overpriced in this division. The entire time. Yeah, the, the whole time. Uh, they were as minus 350 not too long ago. And at that point, they had a four game lead. You still got three three months to go right. with a four game lead. You can't be minus 350, especially if DeGrom, and he's been fragile this season. We talked about if DeGrom goes down to injury and Noah Syndergaard does not come back, or let's say he comes back at some point in August, I don't think the Mets should be that big of favorites. So when that division, by the way, the Phillies are suddenly starting to play a little bit better baseball. The one thing. The team I liked the most was the Braves, but without yeah. Ronald Acuna, I just don't know if the Braves can, um, can make a run. And the Nationals look like they're going to sell off a couple of players, right? Yeah, I would think so now. They got yeah. hot for a stretch, then they cooled off, so – Probably a two-team race. I don't want to count out the Braves, but with Acuna, it's going to be that much di- yeah. more difficult.
4: Yeah, a lot to overcome without him. Like the Phillies are plus four seventy-five, and they have the easiest remaining SOS in the entire league.
2: I think that would have to be your bet. Like I don't, uh, f- I don't five love five to one odds on the Phillies. Two games back with two and a half, minutes uh, to almost go. five to one. Yeah.
4: Again, if this Degrom thing lingers for a little while, I don't I, like. I don't love the Phillies at all. Don't get me wrong. I don't like long term this season. Their bullpen scares the daylights out of me overall, and I mean. I don't really love their pitching staff either, but plus 475 in that division right now when they're close to the Mets, and the Mets are, I, I don't know, that that seems like a really good number at this point to me. The well, Phillies. If
2: DeGrom misses extended time, uh, you could see that Mets pitching staff start to fall apart.
4: Yeah. yeah. How about, did you see the play yesterday that I uh, know we can't play highlights here on the show? I wish we could. That Walker, that was one of the wildest plays, and, you know, baseball broadcasts were. Uh, casters will tell you that they see something different or something they've never seen, and like every single day at the ballpark, he's go- the ball looks like it's foul, right? The bases are loaded. Walker's pitching. He comes running over, and as it comes back and touches the fair line, the foul line, he goes like this with his glove and he tries to boot it towards the d- dugout. Yeah, and he does. Meanwhile, the pirates are like, that's a fair ball. It empties the bases, and the the players are there for the Mets. Like, well, well I'm not going to go get the ball. Why don't you go get the ball? I'm not yeah, going to go get it. You know
2: what? That's like when uh, in a football game, when guys don't jump on a fumble. If you don't hear the whistle, you got to jump on the ball. Right. And guys would just stand around and watch the ball bounce. Yesterday, when uh, when he swatted that ball. You had, I think if you're a Mets player, you have to assume that's a live ball and act like it's a live ball and play it that way. That's the way the Pirates played it, Yeah, right? Yes. That was a very bizarre play.
4: Yeah, Back in the 70s or 80s, the Mets players would have been on a smoke break right there. (laughs) Had enough time. Jesus. Um, You like anything today? Lynn's going for the White Sox. Rodon was awesome again yesterday. You know, this... The American League, Cy Young, is going to be a good race because Garrett Cole now has been good his last two
2: starts. Garrett Cole's uh, made a little bit of a comeback here in his last couple starts, no doubt.
4: And Lynn goes today for the White Sox, who's also you know putting together a really nice season. They're huge favorites against the Twins. Twins, no thank you. Uh, been a dead team pretty much the entire year. But that big game... In L.A. tonight between the Dodgers and the Giants. Open up basically a pick here at Circa. Gossman takes on Gonson.
2: Yeah, actually, uh, you asked me if I like anything. One thing I looked at was I wanted to play the Giants and Gossman tonight, but I was hoping to get more than uh, the best number I see out there right now. Is Circa's got plus 110 right in that range. I was hoping to get 120, something like that with the Giants. Maybe if it gets back up in that range, I'll play the Giants. And also, uh, I think Shohei Otani might be a fade. I was going to say this because... He he is uh, been very active. Let's say uh, had a, a lot of demands placed on him in the past couple weeks, and including All Star Weekend oh, yeah. and everything. Just gonna, I think the guy's got to be a little tired. He's got to be wearing down a little bit, and he did not even get the day off yesterday. I thought Joe a Madden, surprising Joe Madden's got to give the guy a day off once in a while. Uh, I could see fatigue kind of being a factor for Sho- Shohei Ohtani. You got to keep an eye on this because at some point it's going to happen. He's a favorite tonight against the A's, who are the better team, and uh, I might look at the home dog in that spot. I like
4: it makes some sense, and of course, he's—you know—he hits another home run yesterday late in the game. Yeah,
2: now he's, thirty-four. He's so valuable; it's hard to take him out of the lineup. But you know, when you're you're pitching him every fifth day, the guy's going to wear down.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: It's going to happen. It's that's too much of a workload, and I think Madden's got to give him some time off. The Angels are forty six and forty six right now. Which, when Mike Trout went down, and if you told me he was going to miss two months, I did not think the Angels would be a five hundred baseball. Yeah, team no at kidding. This point.
4: Right. I'll give you another. It's a, a good pitching matchup tonight between the Rangers and the Tigers. Kyle Gibson takes on Casey Mize, yeah. and uh, Mize opened up a dollar ten in this game. I'd be looking maybe here at a first five under between these two teams. Mize has been one of the best under pitchers all year long, and Gibson. For a long stretch of the year, was right in the mix as one of the best pitchers in the entire American League. Very surprising. Yeah, and this game has a total of eight overall, but maybe maybe game under here, and maybe a uh, first five under as well. Kyle
2: Gibson's a guy that some teams might want. Yeah, at the deadline right? If if you're looking for pitching help, Gibson of the Rangers is going to be out there. Um, Ian McDonald, of uh, a VSN uh, viewer, sometimes contributor, texted us and just said Chris Sale is going to be the Red Sox move at the deadline. I don't know if they'll do more than Chris Sale, but yeah, if he comes back, that's going to help uh, the Red Sox. And who knows? At some point, the Yankees got to get Luis Severino back too, right? Yeah,
4: that's right. G- you know, Gibson might make sense for the Red Sox.
2: I think Gibson makes sense for the Red Sox, and then keep an eye, obviously, on Severino coming back to the Yankees and Noah Syndergaard coming back for the Mets.
4: Yeah, yeah. I wonder. Do you think the A's will make a move?
2: You know what? The A's, for being a small market uh, team. They have made moves. They, they have. They'll make the shifty moves. They will yes. make moves.
4: They won't go out and make a blockbuster move, but they'll make something that's like, oh, that's kind of a good pickup for right, the A's. Right. I could actually see, that's like a Gibson of the A's, I could see happening. Our player like Gibson going to the A's kind of makes some sense. Up next, uh, how well played was game five of the NBA Finals? I'll give you a stat I don't think I've ever heard before.
1: If you dare.